Swing and a drive. Welcome to Red, White, and Blue Jays, the podcast home of Blue Jays Fans UK, a group connecting Blue Jays fans around the UK and beyond and telling their story. And now here's the host of Red, White, and Blue Jays, Steve Hunter. Hi, guys. Welcome to another episode of Red, White, and Blue Jays. Great to be back with you. Uh, As I've said on so many occasions, what I love about doing this pod is that I get to chat to all sorts of different people. And uh, we've had, you know, fans from the UK. We've had fans from Canada. We've had fans over into Europe. Also had the opportunity, obviously, to talk to some of the guys that are involved in the broadcasts. Uh, so, yeah, lots of lots of real pleasure in talking to people who just love Blue Jays baseball. And I'm very uh, pleased to have tonight uh, Mark with me, who definitely fits that bill of a Blue Jays follower, uh, passionate follower. And he joins me this evening, actually, from somewhere in Florida. I'm not exactly sure where you are, Mark. Where, where are you at the moment? I'm in hot and humid Miami uh, here on uh, the end of a two-week business trip. So uh, as as we speak, I'm literally flying home tomorrow. Very good. Uh, so just where, where have you actually gone to? I know you're in Chicago and you're now in Miami. Where else have you been? Uh, I, I was. So this is just a, a work-related trip. Uh, first time uh, since, obviously, COVID ended for me to reasonably get back over here and see some of my clients. So... So the company I work for, we've got a lot of US-based uh, clients in kind of FMCG and, and retail um, okay. that we support. Um, so over in Atlanta and Chicago, Chicago was the main part of the trip. Uh, and now I'm down in Miami for a conference uh, and flying home. So uh, as, as you know, by incredible chance, the Blue Jays were in Chicago when I was in Chicago. And of course, you were heartbroken about the whole thought of getting to a blue jays game while you're on your road trip um, um yeah unbelievably heartbroken what 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 a bind <laughs> absolutely work gets in the way of our enjoyment yeah. okay well yeah. we'll we'll chat about your, your trip in, in a moment in terms of what you've been up to and, and particularly the jays game that you saw a couple of nights yeah. ago but let's just re let's rewind the clock because as we do on this pod we like to hear background stories of how you've become a jays fan where did it all start for you? How long has it been? Just give us give us all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, it, it's um, it's part of a pretty emotional time in our life, to be honest. My, me and my wife, uh, we um, moved to Canada in 2011. Um, uh, we had uh, specifically tried to. We got permanent residency status. It was uh, something that we'd always wanted to do. Uh, we had a uh, a dream to to try to go live in Canada, further our careers, further our, ourselves as as people, do something incredible. Um, and we landed upon Canada. So we went through the permanent residency uh, application process, which took a few years. We didn't have any family over there. Um, we didn't want to go um, without a job. Um, so we did the PR process, were successful. And then I went through a process of applying to to some companies um, uh, in probably, let's say, early 2011, I started to go through that process. Um, and one of the things my <laughs> wife always reminds me about, my wife is called Catherine. Uh, she said, um, look, 
let, let's try and do this with like a big company, you know, a company that's going to further your career, you know, don't, let's not take a risk. Uh, so I just kind of started firing off my CV and LinkedIn and job applications. Um, and, you know, sometimes the stars align, right? So about two weeks later, uh, I had a call from uh, the PepsiCo Canada HR team. Um, okay. And I, I, I said to my wife, she came home from work and I said, hey, you, you know that rule about go to a big company when we move to Canada? It's like, PepsiCo, have you heard of them? Are they all right? She's like, yeah, that's fine. We can do that. Okay. <laughs> uh, so just like I say, stars aligned. Uh, there was a job that fitted for me with, with a great company. Um, and uh, they liked the fact that we'd already gone through the PR process, permanent residency. Yep. Uh, so I did some video interviews first before they before they wanted me to fly out to Toronto. Um, and then uh, they invited me out. So uh, I had to go out for three days of interviews. I've, I just did a little bit of background research on this just to check. So I flew out on the uh, 3rd of September 2011, um, spent a week in Toronto. Uh, and the 6th, 7th and 8th, I was in the PepsiCo office seeing various people. So I kind of looked on the Internet late August, early September as to, well, what can I go and do in Toronto um, for a long weekend? Uh, and I, I, I'm sorry to say this, but I thought, oh look, the Red Sox are in Toronto. That's ah! exciting. I'll go and watch the, I'll go and watch, I'll go and watch the Boston Red Sox. Um, that's 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 cool. What a cool thing to do. Uh, so I went on the Ticketmaster. I got kind of ten dollar, eleven dollar tickets right up in the four hundreds of Rogers Center, um, and, and just got hooked. Got hooked from there. Um, the game I saw isn't necessarily one that you would think would would hook someone for their first time. Um, so the game I saw was 0-0 in the 10th inning. Excellent. Pitches, Jill. So I, uh, I kind of turned, turned to the guy next to me and said, um, when does this get, like, declared a tie? And he's <laughs> like, it, it doesn't. Uh, this could go on some time. Uh, so I said, I think I'm done. Uh, this was fun. This was great. You know, Jose Bautista was playing and clearly he got a big reception. Uh, Edwin Encarnacion, um, Brett Laurie. So, you know, I was starting to realize who some of these big players were. The Boston Red Sox, of course, had some pretty famous players on their, on their yeah. team around about that kind of time. So I, I kind of thought to myself, great. That's cool. I've seen a major league baseball game. I'll leave now. And as I walked out of the ground, Brett Laurie hit a walk-off home run, which I yeah. which I missed. So my my first ever, and I've never seen since all the games I've been to since I've never seen Toronto walk it off. So I literally I was I was walking down the steps of the Rogers Centre as Brett Laurie launched a homer out of the ground. So that was my that was my first game. Um, yeah, hooked hooked from there. Really, just became really inquisitive about the game, wanted to understand it more. Yeah, um, yeah. So then we 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 moved. The jobs, the, the job application went through. I, I was successful. Um, we moved out there in December of 2011. Okay. Um, uh, I started the job in January 2012. And we had, uh, honestly, Steve, I don't know. I, I want to know a bit about you as well. Uh, I don't sure. know if you've lived out there or what, what your reason for this is. But uh, honestly, the five best years of my life living Amazing. in Toronto. Yeah. yeah. And were you living in downtown? Were you, were you in the GTA? Where, where yeah. Yeah. Where Yes. So for those that know the intersections, specifically Spadina and Queen's Quay, 
Um, oh, so oh wow, we, right down downtown. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, five minute walk from the Rogers Center. Chill. Um, we we actually lived very close to Pete Walker. Um, ah. So so if you so so once or twice. So um, ah. yeah, stunning. So five minute walk, uh, and on summer nights that we weren't in the that we weren't in the stadium, we could hear the home run horn go off from our balcony, ah. uh, which was always always quite good fun. That's very cool story. Uh, interestingly, we also looked at trying to get residency a few okay. years back. Um, uh, we just couldn't get the points to work for us, uh, to be honest. So you've done really well. Uh, I think, uh, you know, depending on your circumstances, uh, you know, we, we got kids and, and all of that as well uh, to, to think about. And uh, yeah, we definitely had a look at the potential going out. Yeah. My, my story, if you, if you, don't know it is actually i fell in love with the jays because i was on vacation uh, staying with some friends of ours in hamilton back in 1994 so that was my, oh, first, wow. my yeah yeah so that was my first trip just before the strike happened that particular year uh so i was about four or five days before the strike uh took place and, okay and of course back then no internet no tv coverage none of that sort of stuff yeah. you know we're living in the land of luxury now uh, so the only way I could keep up with what the Jays were doing um, once they started playing again in 95 was to go down to our local WH Smith news agents where they had once a week an international version of uh, USA Today, which had a little bit of the baseball and coverage and stories and stuff. So that was my very early experience of trying to keep up, keep up with the Jays. So at least at least you've been in the Internet era um, yeah, yes. and, and all that sort of stuff. So. So settling into Toronto, uh, wh where where are you from in the UK? I don't know what part of the uh, country. Yeah, so I I born in born in Bristol, grew up in Bristol. Uh, my my wife um, was was all all around. lived in, Her dad was in the army, so they, she lived kind of internationally for a long period of time. Okay. Uh, and then we got we got together in Bristol. So we're kind of down south southwest. We currently live in Wiltshire. Um, oh, well, you're so, not far from me then. Oh, well, where where are you? I'm in Bournemouth. Oh yeah, yeah, not not not, not, too bad. not a million miles to away. To, no, no, I went to I had to go to Bournemouth for my first vaccine. Uh, in fact, that was uh, the there last time I was in Bournemouth. The last time I was in Bournemouth, uh, but no, uh, Wiltshire um, for about ten years. Then we went to Toronto for five. Came yeah. back and lived in London for three years. Okay, and and now back in, we've been back um, six years from Canada. Um, so three years in London, three years back in Wiltshire, which is where where we live now. Very nice. I have to say, you're disguising your Bristonian accent very nicely. Is it? Is it in there? Sorry, is, is it is one of a, those sort of things that you? There's a, there's a there's a story. There's a story behind it. But if you want that, I mean, this is completely unrelated to baseball. Oh, um, but we want to know I, about I you. I used Mark. to have. That's fine. Uh, when I was, I grew up in in a, in a city, Bristol. So uh, okay. in kind of Knoll and in Brislington. So I had quite the Bristolian accent um up until the age of about 11 um and to this day i still don't know how i did this but i passed the entrance exam for one of the big private schools um right. in bristol so i went to i went to bristol cathedral school uh, okay. on a score I, I got a scholarship right to be sure. I'll, I'll be i'll be honest i did not not come at all from a wealthy family um and funds for a private school were completely beyond us but i i, I got the scholarship full yeah. scholarship turned up on day what day one um, and I wouldn't say my Bristolian accent was beaten out of me at Bristol Cathedral School, but <laughs> it, we, it's getting close to that level. So 
there, there I was, uh, a lad on a scholarship from Knoll um, with, for those of you that know the Bristol area, predominantly with the children of lawyers uh, mm-hmm. from Redland uh, and, and Clifton and the yep. like. Very nice. uh, and my Bristolian accent very quickly, very quickly disappeared from that. Excellent. <laughs> That's very, that's very cool. My, my son is about to go off to university to Bristol next year or in September, this next academic year. So we're, we're going to have to get used to the city. And my, my eldest daughter went to Bath. So we sort of know that part of the world uh, very well. So yeah. very nice places, very nice places to go to university, both of them. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, absolutely. Looking, looking forward to that. Okay, so let's let's just talk about your Toronto years then, because obviously that is um, the bit that we are primarily interested in. Yeah, you you fell in love with the game, uh, you know, on that first visit. How how much did you know about baseball? I mean, are you sp- oh, nothing. You knew nothing about the game. Didn't know how it worked. All that sort of stuff. Nothing. Okay, N- nothing, uh, nothing. I I am very sporty. I I have played pretty much every other sport that there is where you hit a ball in my life. Uh, I had I knew nothing of baseball. I, I think on some American road trips, of which we had done a lot um, on holiday, I'd been a, I'd been in the US a few times when the World Series playoffs were on. So I kind of I'd seen a couple of games in a bar. Right. I knew I knew I knew essentially nothing. Um, I was I was hooked on. I liked the. I picked up quite quickly on the very considered. Every pitch is very considered. Every Every uh, um, uh, defensive move is very considered. The pitching matchups and the fielding matchups are all very considered. I like that. Yeah. Um, that's that's what kind of got me. Uh, I also liked how, again, for a zero-zero game uh, in the bottom of the tenth that had had very few hits, uh, I also kind of picked up quite quickly in that first game on the rhythm. Baseball gets into this real rhythm. The pitcher gets into his rhythm. Yep. The batters get into a rhythm. I I, I just liked that. Um, and then what? What I suggest really hooked both me and my wife, Catherine, on this. Um, literally the first friends that we made in Toronto, um, mm. who, who we will be grateful to forevermore for this, uh, in very early in 2012, were season ticket holders. Um, right. a, a very, very passionate couple. And they were not able to make opening day. Okay. April, April 2012. Yep. I mean, I know this is a cliche that Canadians are lovely, wonderful, friendly, nice, welcoming people, and they are. They gave us their season tickets for opening day 2012. Wow. Uh, and that was just, they, at that point, I mean, we've, I've been to a lot of games at Rogers Centre. Um, I don't think I've ever seen one fully, fully, fully packed. Canada Day games are pretty, pretty rammed. Um, yep. Opening day 2012 was jam-packed 40 odd thousand people to the rafters yeah and that was the point i think at which we were probably hooked because then we're like look at this it's so friendly it's a family thing you can go and do the sit with a hot dog chill out watch the game that was probably the point at which it became all right this we want to do more of um and then that first year i went to a couple like pepsico was really big on kind of team events so i got taken to a couple of games with pepsico then I'm talking to people who are super knowledgeable. Um, they've been playing the game their whole lives, watching the Blue Jays their whole lives. Um, you know, colleagues at PepsiCo who had been to the 92 and 93 final games. Um, you know, so talking very, very passionately about that. And then Canada Day, 
um, 2012, we got tickets to the Canada Day. Again, a couple of friends had said, look, you really must do that. You must go to the baseball on Canada Day. We never missed, we never missed a Canada Day game. We went, we went uh, all the times that we could. Um, yeah, just, and then that, that kind of 2012 period hooked. And it was benefited because they had a couple of real superstars on the team. So Bautista, Encarnacion, um, yep. just really clearly big, big, famous players. Um, lo- loved it. Loved the atmosphere. Yeah, hooked. Amazing. Uh, so wh- when did you come back? What what year is it that you returned? Uh, yeah, so we came back um, in... Uh, actually, we came back on uh, Canadian Thanksgiving Day 2016. So our, right. our final day was uh, sec- second week of October, 2016, and we came back just after the Jays had got knocked out of the 2016 playoffs. Right. Um, they made. I think they needed to win two of their final three games of the regular season, which they did. Yeah. Made it into the playoffs and then ha- had a small run and lost. So our final two years in Toronto were the 15 and 16 playoff years, Amazing. which is pretty good to see. And, yeah. and honestly. The, like the atmosphere again where we lived we never got tickets to a playoff game that that was we, we weren't that well connected we didn't have people giving up their season tickets for that no, um, sure. but the uh it was wonderful we were kind of watching on the tv we had our windows open so you could like get the vibe the city was just alive that yeah. down that whole area um and uh so we we watched the the famous bautista bat flip uh which was the 2015 2015 season yeah, yeah. Uh, so we we watched that on our on our TV, two hundred yards away from the Rogers Centre. Which was, uh, uh, what, was, what was it like when everybody's coming out then? Because uh, I've, I've spoken to loads of people who were, who were at the game and and what they remember of actually being in the ballpark. What I mean, I guess you guys, you know, you're watching it as all the fans are coming out and there's just all the jubilations of you know winning. Loved it. The series, car horns going off, Canadian flags being flown out of subway cars. Yeah. Um, because the T- the TTC ran right along um Queen's Key from us, so oh, yeah. just chaos, Be- wonderful chaos, yeah, yeah. And it, and it was a crazy, crazy series, wasn't it? The 2015 series, um, you know, that d- the divisional playoff in terms of losing the two home games at in Toronto, going down to Texas, yeah. pulling them back, coming back to Game Five, yeah. and everything was then teed up for that. And then you get this extraordinary seventh inning. Uh, which I, mean, I, don't, I don't know for you in terms of any other sporting events. I, I don't remember something with so much drama in it in the middle of a sports game, quite like that moment. No, that, that was pretty, that was pretty special. That yeah. was pretty special. It was yeah. cra- crazy, crazy stuff. Okay. So after the 2015, 16 season, you returned to the UK. How, how, have yeah, you sort we... of, yeah, go on. Just give us that bit of story. Uh, well, I mean, we came came, came back. It, it was a it, it was real a, a real tough decision to be in Bali. So uh, um, I, I was let go from you know, working for. So I'd had I'd had two and a half years. Pepsi um, took a took a promotion up to a. Uh, I was kind of headhunted to go to another company. Took a promotion to go to another company. Uh, that was working out really well for a while. So yeah. Uh, Kind of middle of 2016 um, was the first time really the Canadian economy got a bit challenged. Um, it had been it stayed quite strong uh, the whole way through kind of the recession in in Europe and the, the American recession. Uh, 2016 was a bit challenging, and uh, uh, unfortunately, the company I was working for um, 
made the decision to to let me go. So uh, a, a bit of a package from that. So that was a bit that was quite bittersweet because we had genuinely had um, at that point about four and a half years uh, of of just incredible time. So uh, bittersweet. Um, and we thought about it for a few months. Um, took some time to. I looked for some more. I looked for new jobs in Toronto. I looked for jobs back in the UK. Um, and honestly, that that kind of middle half end of the year 2016 in Canada was pretty challenged for the Canadian economy, and there just there wasn't recruiting happening. So I took the decision to take a job back in London, um, which was uh, we we were torn, Steve, to be entirely honest, uh, sure. and we made a. We made a practical decision and not an emotional decision. If we'd made an emotional decision, we would have stayed in, in Toronto and fought for that. But we thought, look, five incredible years and honestly, the chance to kind of go back, um, which we did. So came yeah. back late 2016, uh, October right. 2016, um, and immediately uh, signed up for MLB.tv. Uh, we wanted to kind of make sure that we could keep connected to the Blue Jays. And, and we, we still have. I mean, we've here we yeah. are. Six, six years later, still watching um, any games that we reasonably can, um, particularly <laughs> what, the mean, kind of the, the... You don't do the late nights? Come on. I, 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 don't, I don't do the late nights. Um, you, you alluded to the fact that you've seen my Twitter feed about the Dallas Cowboys. I do do the late nights for the Dallas Cowboys, which is my number Mark, one... Sorry to say on. this, my, my number one sports team. I'm sorry. I can't, uh, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't say up for both. Um, but I, I always watch back the next the next games, particularly the big games. But we'll, sure. my wife and I will generally have a uh, a Toronto Blue Jays baseball game on at least once a week. There's normally like a Saturday or a Sunday is a good one to have. Totally. We really enjoy just kind of chilling out. I, I one of the most important reasons for us to keep to keep that going actually uh, is to listen to Buck, uh, who became like one of our family. I mean, back, Buck is one of the first voices that we heard, Canadian voices that we heard. Um, right. uh, so that, that for us was, uh, I mean, of the news a little while ago, obviously very, very emotional for us. And, and we, we send him our love and best wishes. I mean, Buck taught me about baseball is, is how I would, how I would say it. Right. So um, yeah. at the, the number of times that we had Buck on in our living room in Canada and then subsequently in the UK, um, yep. he's a, he's a, he's a, constant from our time in Canada to our time um, in the last five or six years. He, he taught me about baseball. I, I remember yeah. phrases. I remember his kind of um, his pacing, his commentary. Uh, he's very, he's very special to us. So we wanted to kind of his, get his, um, his commentary as well. And I would say the same thing about a guy that you had on recently. I was, must say, I was very jealous that you got to talk in detail to Mike Wilner. Oh, um, yes. Again, his, his rate, his radio commentary for me stands out as, um, teaching me about the game um yep. as as do his increasingly <laughs> uh but uh it's yeah love 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 kind of uh the connection that we made with those guys real real experts and they've they taught me about the game yeah no i think it's really cool to acknowledge these broadcasters in terms of the influence that they have on us as fans i think one of the things that I'm aware of is how much I've also learned by listening to Buck and Tabby and you know, Dan Shulman and, and people like Mike and now Ben Wagner and, and so on. And I think, you know, when I've had these guys on the, on the pod, uh, I've made it clear and, and wanted to make sure that I said to them how appreciative as a fan, 
uh, I am of the work that they do. And I think it's good to acknowledge, um, you know, those guys and the the impact. And I think particularly for, for people like us who are, you know, haven't grown up with a culture of baseball in our lives. We, it's not like watching football or whatever over yeah. here. Uh, you know, it's very important that, you know, the work that they do helps us enjoy the game. And uh, and I think, you know, as we were reflecting back on the 2015 Batflip game, without commentary and i and i've talked to people in the ballpark on that night you know it was very hard for them to understand exactly what was going on and and you know that you know play when russell martin threw the ball back and hit shoes bat and and i think you know it's those yeah, sort of yeah. things that's when the commentators and the broadcasters come into their own isn't it in terms of helping explain that sort of stuff to people like us so i, I know you've uh, recently interviewed wilner did you have you interviewed buck no, I've not interviewed okay. Buck. Uh, I mean, I would love to, uh, but I'm yeah. conscious, obviously, with his um, his treatment at the moment, he's just sure. um, out of the scene. But uh, yeah, if the opportunity came along, I would love to have him on. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, if by any chance, Buck, you ever get to hear this, please <laughs> let me know. <laughs> but yeah, we would. Uh, yeah, it'd be great to uh, great to speak to him. But, so come yes, yeah, so maybe is it. Sorry, go on. Just as a, as a as a quick steeg to the to the game that we need to talk about that I was just at the, the seats that I had at the Chicago White Sox uh, stadium just a couple of nights ago, I could literally look up into the booth and see uh, uh, Shulman and uh, Pat Tabla, which was, yes. which was quite cool. They had they had all the windows open. It was a very hot and humid night, so yes, uh, I could uh, actually see see up into the booth and, and see them commentating a bit, which was quite cool. So let's let's talk about that now. You've mentioned it. Um, so this was your first game since you returned from Canada or have you been back and seen them? No, else? no, no. It was, uh, yeah, the first since we, since we came back. So we came back in late 2016. Our, our final, uh, our final couple of games, uh, we were at Canada day in July, 2016. Okay. Um, and then a game, uh, we were at the, uh, fourth from final game of the 2016 regular season. Uh, which we were winning and then lost. Um, so the playoffs were looking a little bit uh, sketchy at that point, but then I think Toronto won two of its last three. So yeah. we, we saw a game right at the end of the 2016 regular season, um, swore we would go back quickly, which things, as they often do, conspired against us to do. Uh, then COVID and other things. Um, uh, the, I think the Toronto Blue Jays were slated to come over to London and play an international game at one point, and then they and then they didn't. Um, that was that was something that we we were told by one of the team actually. In yeah, I don't I don't think I don't know how true that is because um, I know that they okay. had, had to, the Yankees Red Sox obviously in 2019, the Cubs Cardinals were due here in 2020, and certainly yeah. on the official lines they hadn't announced any further games at that particular point in time. Uh, and I think the question for me always has been, particularly with the Jays, is whether they would bring in a big enough audience for MLB to get behind them coming here. Uh, so we'll have to yeah. see what happens, because obviously there are some international games that are coming up over the next uh, four years. Um, so hopefully Jays will be part of that. We'd love to see them here. Um, but uh, yeah, would love would love to be. Totally. Yes. Yeah. No. So this was the um, this was my first one in uh, my first one in, uh, say, five and a half five and a half years so um, cool. completely 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 by chance yeah. um my, my my company said all right time to get back over to the us um and i i had to be in miami the last couple of days for a big industry conference um and timed 
kind of eight days in Chicago prior to Miami, uh, looked at the Blue Jays schedule and realized my final night in Chicago, the Blue Jays were playing the White Sox. Um, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Um, I've been, I got tickets the moment they went on sale, treated, treated myself to a pretty good ticket right next to the Jays dugout. Great. Um, uh, yeah, one, wonderful. Uh, uh, I've been looking forward to it for about three months since, the t- well, longer than that, probably four months since the tickets have been on sale. Um, and it was great. So I, as you can probably imagine, I was, I was in the stadium the moment I could get in the stadium. Uh, gates opened about two hours before. So I went straight in, watched batting practice yep. um, from, from kind of just behind home plate. Uh, thought, well, I'll, I'll kind of, that's good. I've watched a bit of batting practice. I'll, I'll go around and watch, uh, watch some of the pitchers warming up in the bullpen. So I wandered to the far end, the bleachers. I don't know if you've been to the White Sox stadium, mm. but it's good of kind of traditional bleachers at the back end of the stadium yep. um, where, where you can kind of look then into the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I was looking into the bullpen, Bo Bichette was kind enough to cream an absolute, no doubt, a home run right at me from batting practice. So I even, I even got a ball to, uh, uh, to walk away from, uh, hit, hit, hit to me by Bo, which was uh, rather nice. Fan- fantastic game. The whole experience was wonderful. Um, as you know already by now, it was a loss. So I, I got to see the first of the three games uh, in late June against the White Sox. Um, we were 8-2 down, fought our way all the way back to 8-7. Um, honestly, honestly, Steve, I don't, I don't really care that we lost. Um, it was just wonderful to see the team again. Just wonderful to be able to kind of wear my, wear my red Canada Day jersey to a game um, yep. and cheer, cheer and uh, root for the Blue Jays. Great, yes. great experience. Um, yeah, lo- loved it. Just one. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, you were all very jealous that we weren't there with you. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think you know, actually watching the Jays on the road is a different experience to watching them at Rogers Centre as well. Uh, and yes, I have been to Chicago. It is an amazing ballpark, uh, as is Wrigley. It's a great city. Yeah. And um, it, yes, certainly uh, a great place to go and see them play. It, it's a great, it's a great city. It's really one of my favourite world cities. So it's kind of, mm. kind of a, uh, a real privilege to be able to go there. I um I tweeted about it. I know you saw that. I I went to Wrigley on the Saturday, so I saw the the, the you did the yeah, I saw Jays. That, yeah I saw the Jays on the Monday, uh, but two days before that I'd gone to Wrigley uh, to watch the Cubs against the um, the Braves, and the Cubs were very very good uh, against obviously a an exceptionally strong Braves team. Wrigley yeah. Field is is something else. I mean the Chicago White Sox Stadium is a is a very nice ballpark. But yeah. Wrig- Wrigley Field is just something else. It's weird, isn't it? I mean, it is a, it is a strange. I mean, it obviously has all the history, a bit like Fenway yeah. does. Uh, you know, you, you you've got. Uh, I, I don't think it's the most comfortable, and it's not the best view. I don't think at Wrigley. You've got a lot of the stanchions from the the roof and stuff that you can find yourself sitting behind if you're in the wrong part of the ballpark. But it's just the uniqueness of the you know the ivy wall, and then you've got the seats on the buildings that are beyond Correct. The, the ballpark yeah. as well, which is all very strange. Yeah. You'd never see that here, um, yeah. but it is a unique place to go and visit, and definitely one of those things that you need to tick off your bucket list if you haven't had the chance to to go and see the I'm, play. I'm very I'm very glad I did, uh, and it was uh, yeah just a, a a true baseball experience. So. Um, very good. Good. Very good. Yeah, one of my one of my favorite Instagram um, uh, people that I follow, just because it's so quirky, is actually the organist for the Cubs. Uh, if you go, and, if you just do a little uh, bit of research on him, he puts lots of um, 
lots of clips of him playing the organ in games and just his mind in terms of choosing the right music for the moment. I mean, I think he basically does it off the top of his head, uh, which is amazing, <laughs> amazing that's skill. Good, that, yeah, so go, that's go good for, to know. I can't remember his name. I know, apologize, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But uh, yeah, if you just um, have a little Google for the uh, Cubs organist, you'll, you'll find him and uh, there's good good account to follow. So in terms of um, your Canada Day jersey, uh, you've got 716 on the back, I noticed. Uh, yes, I have uh, the sweet the sweet number, the apartment number that we lived in. Ah, right. Okay, because I was thinking. Well, normally it's four one six, isn't it? Because that's the area code for for Toronto, which a lot of and the, the number, the number of people that have said to me, uh, "Shouldn't that be four one six? Yeah, it's like no, it's the apartment that we lived in. We uh, we didn't. Uh, my my wife and I couldn't kind of agree on who was a favorite player enough, right? Um, that we should have their number. Um, so then we thought, well, we'll think about something else. I, we were at the time we were kind of tempted. We were leaning towards um, what was it, eleven for Pilar. We were both big Pilar fans, right? Um, and a few others, but neither of us were kind of, you know, oh, it has to be that player. So we said, okay, let's do something that was that, that was us. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that was that was our sweet uh, our sweet number in the condo we live. Very good. That makes perfect sense now. Um, just give me your view, though, on the red jersey, because it's a bit <laughs> it's a bit controversial at the moment. Well, it has been for a few years, to be fair. It's not not just at the moment. Uh, they don't play very well when we've got the red jersey on. Uh, what is your take on all of that sort of stuff? They, they don't. Um, Mike Wilner makes it very, very clear that he does not believe in any kind of commentator's curse, any kind of superstition whatsoever. Wear whatever jersey you want, wear whatever socks you want. Do, do, do whatever kind of uh, move or dance you want to do as you walk to the plate. None of that makes any difference whatsoever. I do lean towards, uh, I do lean towards Mike Wilner's view of that. Uh, we, we just go out and win. It doesn't matter what color you're wearing. I love yeah. the red jersey. The only thing I would say is, I, it was only about a month ago they wore it. And I don't think I'd seen them wear it other than Canada Day. Um, to the they... point where I actually... I said to my wife, I was like, I don't like, did they lose their other jerseys or something? Why are they wearing red? <laughs> well, I think as I, as I understand it, I think it's down to the pitcher, uh, the starting pitcher that he gets to choose. Oh, um, really? I, I, yeah. As I understand it, I don't know how true that is, but that, several people have said to me that that's the, that's the reason they did have in, I think it was 2017. They went every home game stand game on a Sunday. They decided to wear their red jersey so they that that particular season they had lots of opportunities to wear it and i think their record when they had the red on was was pretty poor then then i think they sort of went back to the more traditional we'll wear it just on canada day because that, that makes sense yeah. I, I i get that uh, i don't yeah. know i've got i've got a red jersey as you can see hanging up behind me here um, yeah. so i'm not totally against them but they're not my favorite jersey just because you know, we're Blue Jays, we're not Red Jays. Um, so I tend I, to... I like it. A bit more traditional. I, yeah, I, I like it for Canada Day. I think I think sure. it's a wonderful thing. I think it's a wonderful thing for Canada Day. And and frankly, the only colour that, that me and my wife were ever going to get as our, yeah. as our kind of game jersey was the red one. Uh, just, you know, special to us. Again, um, our, our fandom of, of the Blue Jays is an entirely emotional and entirely non-rational one so why wouldn't we get why wouldn't we go for the red jersey that everyone hates that yeah. they never win wearing yeah I, I think most 
most people's experience of following the chase is an emotional one <laughs> yeah it certainly is i mean they you obviously lost the game that you went to see the other night they, they lost last night to a very again close game went into extras and uh, unfortunately yeah. just didn't come up top tonight uh so yeah we're recording here it's quite late in the evening now it's 20 to midnight here in the uk as i'm talking to you over in uh, in florida but uh, yeah tonight's game or this afternoon's game for you uh looking a lot stronger good to see them bounce back yeah I how are you how are you feeling generally about you know the season it's it's probably not played out quite how we all thought it would do but they seem to be generally sort of pushing in the right direction are you sort of happy with where things are at so I, I really am, although I, I'll, I'll kind of preface that with, I know nothing about baseball to the degree where I can look at it and say, okay, here's a sign that they're going to do really well. You know, I'm, I'm not in the weeds of it that much that I can, I can identify the real telltale signs of, you know, is this a championship team or is this not a championship team? Right. Um, so I'll, I'll say I'm very happy about the, Last couple of off seasons, I'm very happy about some of the um, uh, trades that they've done. I think my personal view is this is a very strong team capable of very good things. Mm. Um, and I'm very confident that we will get into the playoffs this year. Um, so what I'll do is ra rather than kind of hope, I'll tell you what I heard a guy say to me at the White Sox game. Uh, so I was uh, sitting in front of a couple of Chicagoans, um, clearly very, very passionate Chicago White Sox fans. And, and also I could pick up from the way they were talking early in the game, very knowledgeable, very, very knowledgeable. Turns out one of them is actually a, a high school baseball coach. Um, right. So good, you know, has, has played the game his whole life, has coached the game his whole life. Um, there was a run, at one point in the game I was at, there was a rundown. So I think it was Springer was was trapped between second and third uh, and the guy sitting behind me was like oh they they that was the perfect that was textbook that was the way i teach my kids that was exactly how you throw someone out when they're being run down so i kind of turned around and said to him oh that's interesting i said i've never played the game can you tell me why that was textbook why why was that he's like oh well you know you, you never kind of just start throwing the ball someone needs to run towards the guy kind of trap him in between the bases reduce yeah. down the amount of reduce down the amount of space he's got to maneuver so oh, okay that's interesting you know so we got into a really good conversation about some of the tactics of baseball and what he teaches his kids and he said he said this to me he said and i think we were only in about the fourth inning at that point he said i have to tell you i'm very impressed with this team and how they hustle he said i go to a lot of games and this is a team with a real hustle he said you can feel their passion yeah and i said that's really cool to know because I feel like they're a team that hustles. I feel like they're a team that never says die. And of course, I was seeing them the day after they beat the Yankees 10-9. Yeah. Um, having been really quite down, I think we were kind of 8-3, 8-4 down, uh, came back and beat the Yankees 10-9. Uh, and he pointed out a couple of times later on in the game, he actually kind of tapped me on the shoulder. He was like, look, see, that's what I mean. Like real hustle, like Bichette stole a base. Um, and uh, um, uh, there was a couple of other examples, like a really good couple of defensive plays, a really good double mm. play that could have gone wrong. And he was very passionately pointing out to me, this is, a, you're, this is a really good team. This is a very good Toronto team because of how they're hustling, their passion, they're playing for each other. And, and I, 
you know, some fans, you can think they don't know what they're talking about. He, this guy, I feel like he knew what he was talking about. He kind of had lots of evidence and, and obviously lots of experience being a, a high school baseball coach. Yeah. And that that kind of resonated with me. I'm, I'm still, you know, a few days later, I'm quite pleased about that. I'm quite chuffed, as you might say in Bristol, uh, <laughs> which which is which is for him to spot that and be happy to talk about it now. His mood changed when Cavan Biggio hit one of the sweetest home runs. Yeah, that was great I, to see. I have really ever seen. His mood changed, and I and I will tell you this: uh, I stood up out of my seat, and as uh, as we were talking about earlier with Buck, as a kind of a nod to Buck, yelled at the top of my voice, "Get up, ball gone!" Yeah. Uh, which was uh, my little nod to Buck for that one, and I and I I incurred the wrath of several White Sox fans around me for that. Uh, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're on the south side of Chicago. You're going to get a bit uh, of. Uh... <laughs> uh, yeah, that that one I was in. I was invited to. Uh, I was invited to sit back down. Yes, <laughs> very politely, I'm sure. But, uh, uh, yes, uh, it, I mean, it's, I I think you're absolutely right. The team are fighting, and we, you know, there has been setbacks obviously through the season. We've had injuries and bits and pieces that, like any season, I guess, but uh, particularly that you know, there's been some key moments. Um, obviously, we lost Ryu now for the rest of the year. Yeah, uh, Danny Jansen's come, you know, he's out, and then he came back, and then now he's out again, and. Uh, Tio was obviously out for for a big uh, portion as well. I think I think what we're seeing now, just as we're sort of heading into the All Star break, I think we're seeing a team that has got a bit of momentum behind it. Yeah, there are there are clearly still some issues. I think the bullpen for me is looking a little bit questionable. I mean, obviously they worked hard last night, and then in today's game, you know, we were well in command, and then. You know, we looked like we were going to leak a few runs, and and we did. Who 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 pitched? I, so I I was in the conference this afternoon. So who who yeah. who caused so, us to to lose yeah, some so, runs? Yeah, so Stripling uh, was uh, pitching today. Uh, then Adam Simba came in, and uh, yeah, he gave up a few, uh, and then yeah. Tim Mazer sort of got us through to the end. So you okay. know, we've we've won the game. Um, we've got a day off tomorrow, so that's good. Good. Uh, it's a chance to 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 reboot. Uh, but I think I think there are just a few gaps um, that we've got yeah. now that I think they're going to have to do some trades, and the question is who they're going to trade to get those so players I, in. I will say this: uh, I did I did tweet about this. Not not that the whole world is uh, watching my tweets and holding their breath for what I say about the Toronto Blue Jays by any stretch of the imagination, uh, or in general. Um, but Matt Gage. Yeah. Uh, who came in and pitched the eighth. So again, I, I saw the first of the three against the White Sox. Matt Gage came in, pitched against the eighth, uh, pitched uh, in the eighth, uh, and was incredibly impressive. I think he got the side out in seven pitches, eight pitches, something like that. Yeah. Um, to And actually, the, again, the, the very knowledgeable guy sitting behind me tapped me on the shoulder and said, I've never heard of this guy. Yeah. And I said, uh, well, I can't really add anything. I said, I think we've only just called him up. I think this is his yep. first... And I and I checked back, and in fact, it was he played his first game for us only two weeks earlier. Yeah. Um, three, three outs. Very, very impressive. Cool, calm, collected. Uh, chap uh, came in, and I, and I, he came in on the second game as well, uh, and pitched pretty well. So I agree with you. I think the bullpen remains probably the area where we would say, what can we do? Is there a veteran we can bring in? Is is there a trade available? But but Matt Gage, I'm I, I'm quietly confident about Thank what he might him. be able to do. Did um, Marino play um, on? Yes, he game? did, and I was excited about that. And that's the other yeah. thing I wanted to mention to you. So 
we were very quickly five, six runs down. I, I, from memory now, I think the White Scots, White Sox scored in all of the first four innings. Mm. Uh, when I saw them, so I think we were six, two down at the end of the fourth, um, which is unlike Berrios. So you're, you've got your uh, Berrios jersey uh, up behind. Yep. Uh, up behind. Yep. Um, I, I must say, I was very, very surprised to find us six down with Berrios uh, pitching. Um, yep. the, obs- the observation that was made by my new smart, smart friend uh, uh, behind <laughs> me was that was that probably Moreno and him were not on the right, uh, not not connecting correctly, um, sure. not on the not on the same uh, page of the old hymn sheet, if you like, yeah. um, which which makes a lot of sense. Um, when, once you think about it, again, this is where I am nowhere near and don't pretend to be in the weeds enough of understanding the way that catchers and pitchers uh, call a game. Um, but his, his observation was, hey, this is a young catcher who has got a very, very bright future ahead of him. And this is the first time he's caught Berrios and they're just not on the same page here. There's just no connection, yeah. which makes sense. Like, it, it would make sense that this was not Berrios just suddenly having an absolutely diabolical game. No, although he has had some wobbles. Um, but <laughs> it's funny because, you know, because he obviously was our opening day pitcher and uh, had a real struggle that day. Didn't get out the first. He's then had some amazing outings. So I think it's just the life of a starting pitcher. Sometimes you just you're on your game and other days, for whatever reason, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, so I think it's great with with. Gabriel Moreno and and a lot of these young guys is that they will be around for some time to come. And I think, you know, we've got such a young squad here that even if it didn't happen this year, and I'm still being very positive that, it, you know, we've got every chance of it happening this year, yeah. although, the, although the Yankees are looking very good, to be fair to them. Um, I think, you know, if it doesn't happen this year, we've got at least two, three seasons ahead where these guys will still be around. They're going to be improving year by year by year. And uh, if they make some key key moves in terms of trades to keep bolstering this current roster, uh, yeah. we've got every chance of being world um, champs at some point over these next two or three years. And I think uh, that's, what, that's what we've got to look forward to. Completely agree. Uh, yeah, I completely, completely agree with that. Um, Moreno is going gonna, is gonna to learn and get better. Um, I mean, we're going to have Kirk and Moreno for, th- for three years as a, you know, the, it, we're going to get to the point where we've possibly got the best one-two catching uh, uh, tandem in, uh, in, in baseball. Um, yep. th- absolutely agree. The, 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 um, the bullpen needs to get stronger, but, it, but if we can keep that core of five hitters up at the top of the lineup, um, I, I, I like Teo, Teosco Hernandez is a, I'm, I'm a big fan of his, sure. uh, George, George and Bo. Um, and, and I'll t- I will tell you this, in person, George Springer is is even more dashingly handsome than he is on the television. <laughs> well, there you go. You heard it straight from the horse's mouth. It's quite. Uh, it, it, he's quite disgustingly handsome. It's quite <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, he's a nice bloke, and he's got a great <laughs> great sense of humour. He's a Aussie. He's got so much experience as well that he brings to this team, and I think you certainly see in terms of the dugout antics that go on. Um, between yeah. him and Vladdy and, and the other guys. Um, yeah, brilliant to have him with us and to keep him healthy. I think, you know, last year where he was in and out uh, through injury, this year on the whole, he's been pretty good yeah. in terms of his health. And I think if they can manage that, uh, having a full season with George Springer is going to be a huge, huge difference for us. So, And I'll, lot- say, I'll, 
uh, just just one quick other thing again from my kind of position where i was just by the dugout um there is so much interaction between these guys and and not just the kind of the the famous vladdy and Bo kind of bromance that they've got going on uh Gur- guriel didn't start every time i look kind of into the dugout or next to the dugout guriel was there kind of uh high-fiving the players that have come back in talking yep. like you you see lots of dugouts where there's silence there's not all that much connection this is a team that is absolutely connected together um and if if they can keep that core together and they can keep that spirit um i i i really don't doubt even if it's not this year to echo what you've just said this this is a world series winning team in the next two or three years i also believe a lot in charlie montoyo i i think he does a very uh he does a very good job of allowing them to keep that spirit but also keeping it all nicely mm. Nice, nicely controlled. Um, they've got the right. They've got the right setup. They, they could absolutely mm. do this in the next few years. I'm sure. Excellent. Well, certainly that is glass half full. We like that mark on on here. It's nice to hear some real positivity. Uh, thank you so much for for chatting with me. I, I know we've had a few I- issues with the internet, and yes, just the way technology goes. Sometimes it's it is what it is. But uh, really appreciate. Uh, your time and uh, your willingness just to keep battling through. I hope you've enjoyed it. I, I hope you can kind of cut cut little bits of this together nicely. I hope it hasn't been too uh, too distracting. Steve, thank you so much. It, it's a real pleasure for having me on. Uh, a real pleasure that you had me on. Thank you. Um, I, uh, I've I've really enjoyed it. And the, the chance to talk baseball is not something that uh, that, that us Brits get <laughs> too no, often. Absolutely. Uh, well, so, you're you're more than welcome. There's quite a few of us down here in Dorset. Uh, I think there's at least six or seven of us, of us Jays fans in this part of the world. So if you ever get a chance to uh, come south and uh, yeah, come and come and see us and uh, we can watch a game together, that would be cool. Uh, we'll, well, we'll, we'll watch a uh, World Series game together. That oh, would well, be, there uh, you go. That's something to uh, certainly look forward to. That would be pretty good. Brilliant. Mark, thank you so much. Uh, have a safe trip home tomorrow. Uh, have you. a good flight and I hope uh, that all goes well. Guys, thanks so much for listening in this evening. Uh, appreciate all your feedback and your comments. Uh, please let keep coming. Please let that keep coming in. Uh, if you want to come on, uh, always drop me an email uh, or get hold of me on Twitter or Facebook or wherever you can on Instagram. I'm all of those places. Um, but until next time, we shall see you soon. Take care now. Bye bye. The Red, White and Blue Jays podcast is a production of Blue Jays Fans UK. If you've got a Blue Jays story to share, let us know. Email us at bluejaysfansuk at gmail.com. And follow along on Twitter and Instagram at bluejaysfansuk. I'm your announcer, Jim Langton. Thanks for listening.